How long gone is he? Chris Black, DJ Them Jeans. Two words, not one. What's up, bro? How are you? What's up, bro? Oh, just another day of grinding and money-making Manhattan. Um, had to hit the UPS, had to hit the Equinox, uh, had to hit gmail.com. It's been a full day so far, as you can imagine. <laughs> wow. That's what I do every single day. Next, you're boring me. All your errands are pussy. I love doing lowly tasks. It makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things. What happened to money-making Manhattan, Chris? I want to hear about you doing power blocking with your outfits on the way to an important meeting uh well i mean there'll be more important meetings later in the week but it's kind of a slow start as you can imagine um thanks to most people uh you know taking martin luther king day off on monday so today is kind of a monday if you really think about it mm, okay i get it i don't know i don't know if with your dj and culinary background that you have any um friends that have jobs um that that kind of have office hours but maybe i'm the only one uh i like that chris is giving me an education <laughs> about martin luther king day no i'm not giving you an education of all the people and of all the days i'm, I'm from atlanta georgia we uh, so it is it is you know a very prominent i holiday. do i don't know anybody who work in a building or office but i do know some people that work at the dmv and stuff like that and the national holidays you know mailmen people like that male people that's a good point Mail carriers. I know because of your um, hawk-like watching of your uh, narc ring cam, you you probably are pretty close with the mailman at this point. Uh, well, I wish. <laughs> I feel like every day there's a different mail carrier, so I can't keep you know, tabs is... on them. Back in the day, you used to tip your mail your mail carrier. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I actually and now I'm I don't know who to give the tip to. I wanted to talk about this because it is. I've noticed that mail comes at almost all hours of the day. Like I'll get mail delivered to my house from the U.S. Postal Service at 9 p.m. This is this is not an exaggeration. But there's multiple mail people that bring different stuff. Like one guy brings the letters, one guy brings the packages. But I feel like there's four of those Damn. people. I feel like I'm talking to Gary Black, not Chris Black. For listeners at home, Gary Black <laughs> is Chris's dad because this is real old head hours. Man, back in my day. The mailman used to come at a presentable time, and they didn't no, no, have no, just... Wu Tang tattoos on their legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the mailman, the mailman that, that delivers sometimes uh, does smell like marijuana and has one AirPod in. So I know he's cool. Yeah, real shit. Yeah, real shit. He sits. I watch him sit in the mail truck, blow one down. <laughs> put his AirPod in, and then just start strolling. I, I, I do agree. As much as I am clowning, I have noticed once you get older and the mail used to come at a certain time every day, and that's just what it was. It didn't. It never came on a Sunday. Yeah. And now that the mail comes on a Sunday, sometimes with no rhyme or reason, like, like yeah. you said, it'll be Sunday, tropical rainstorm, 9 p.m. I'm, you know, I'm getting in my jam, in the fucking, you know, the deliveries here. Hey, guys, watch out. I have a case of recess magnesium <laughs> rice soda here. Uh, I just need someone to sign for Could it. Somebody sign for this uh, this uh, adaptogenic nootropic soda, please. Uh, it's I raining. Have a, I have a machine that looks like a Nespresso, but it gives you a joint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, every person will just be a, an Amazon delivery person in the near future. So everyone's going to have that job. But for now, it's like... Tell, I mean, look, I I'm a I'm a male lover, uh, and I um, I <laughs> I like clean it. Audio of that, I like it whether it's coming from UPS, FedEx, DHL, USPS, the Royal Mail. I mean, anyway, for God's sake, I'm a male lover. I'll take it shaved, hairy. <laughs> I'll take it any way I can I'll, get it. A little fat. I'll take I'll take a stupid one. I'll take it any way I can get it. So this is just this is something that I do watch closely. Um, and I'm not going to be shamed for it by my co-host. As it's, long as he has a job and still talks to his mama, Chris is down. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely down. Um, but yeah, it's it's so, you know, it, it was a beautiful, cold, but sunny day yesterday. Did a full stroll, you know, went to see Obicolo, picked up some important apothecary <laughs> items. Was it, what do you say it's called? Obicolo? C.O. Bigelow. C.O. Bigelow. Okay. As soon, bro, as, like soon as, as I on, said bro. it, as soon as I, I thought that was like what grandmas use. No, it's a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing classic New York institution that sells all kinds of great items from toothpaste to hair clips to candles, you, you name it. It's kind of, it's kind of giving hotel. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, I mean it's it's it might be a hundred years old, so that's that's fine. It's like I think, it's the Brooks Brothers of deodorant. Is that what you're saying? They do have hella deodorants on deck. 
like many deodorants yeah. to choose from, which I know it sounds it sounds like a company that like would be incorporated in in eighteen thirty two. It look they they made their first deliveries um, on horseback. That might be true, but I, I don't yeah. I can't you know totally confirm. Have you been uh, Have you been getting a lot of good natural sunlight in the mornings to kind of reset your <sighs> that's in, inner uh, circadian rhythm it's interesting it's interesting that you ask that because i'm tr- i'm doing my best uh but i've i've been um i've been kind of you know i don't like to do this but i've been watching some tv before bed and um another show that i've mentioned before has gotten me a little hyped up god damn it i know i know it's called southern hospitality and it follows a group of um, nightclub nightclub employees at uh, two different locations in Charleston. Isn't this already like eleven shows called Southern Hospitality? You're thinking of Southern Charm. That's the one that put, kind of put Charleston on the map in the reality TV. Uh, okay, there's kind of that one, platform. and then there's a different hospitality that you just talked about like a week ago, right? Yeah, that's that's a different one. That's in the Hamptons. This is in Charleston, so it's a little <laughs> bit more fried because obviously it's it's less sexy because they are live in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Um but they they work at uh, a club called Republic on King Street and then also um there's another place called like Bubbles or some oh, shit. Okay. Uh but they um you you can imagine they sell bottles, they fuck uh, they fight. Um, they come out of the closet. It's kind of all the stuff you need. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes when I watch these programs before bed, it doesn't help reset my uh, circadian rhythm. Oh, is that right? And I am dealing with that. I am dealing with the, some the, issues with the that. The booming Bravo network licensed kind of Euro techno that's playing. <laughs> yes, is not, exactly. It's not keeping you uh, exactly, in dude. a Zen-like state ready to drift off to a slumberland. No, I need them to, I need maybe, I'm sure there's someone out there who would like to do this to, for me, but you, could you recut Southern Hospitality with all Brian Eno? Kind of just so I could calm down Bro. a little bit. And then, but also- Bro, Southern Hospitality, <laughs> Chop Not Slop. Exactly. Southern Hospitality, Chop Not Slop. Well, this is a this is a this is a uh, an idea that I had. It reminds me of an idea that I had. I've probably talked to you about it, and and no, nobody thought it was a good idea. But that's right. To to <laughs> to say I'm I'm still dreaming. I'm I'm still such a big dreamer. I think it's really important to do that because the the movie industry taking a shit right. Mm-hmm. When's the last time somebody just bought a movie? You know what I mean? You rent everything. You stream everything. No one's making this, that money anymore. And people are more and more into kind of DIY creative projects and one-of-a-kind gifts and experiences. You with me so far? Yeah, something kind of that has a human touch to it. Yes. So I, I, okay. I want to I wanna create a website okay. that has a little kind of built-in proprietary software that's easy for anyone to use where... You you buy a movie, okay, and it has only the dialogue, no score, okay, and then you go onto this website and you score the movie yourself. You uh, you add in all the music, it just pulls it from Apple or Spotify or title or whatever, okay. You place it in, you fade it in, you fade it out, and you build basically your ideal soundtrack for an ideal movie. You know, it's like a wedding gift or something like that. You want to. I have to say, I have to say, usually your um, patented stoner thoughts are um, useless. <laughs> yeah. But this, I feel like, I don't know how to monetize. Uh, well, you, you, would, would, you would, would like you would pay like twenty bucks. You would buy this film without the music on it. It was just it's just dialogue, and then from there, okay. Then you add in the music. It, it, I guess it'll be free or whatever. And then you make money two ways. <laughs> Just by buying, just by buying the film, okay. Just by buying Notting Hill instrumental version, and then if, <laughs> Notting, if say like Notting a fam- Hill instrumental version, <laughs> okay. Notting Hill rerub. Okay. <laughs> so let's say you get a cool influencer, filmmaker person. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You get you get somebody who's in the Ion Pack Discord, and they're you know they're in the community, and they're like, hey, I took Old Boy and I scored it with nothing but. Planes mistaken for stars. Okay, and, wow, this is okay, the, great. Whatever it okay, is, cool. So we've got. And I release okay. it, and it goes to the leaderboard on you know themjeansmovies.com. Oh, this is a good. Okay. And then people can buy it and be like, "Yo, I want the Nick Cave score of her 2012 or whatever." Okay, so I could do I could do how to lose a guy in ten days with all orchid. And then just see if other people kind of respond to that. Well, I, when I said all the songs are available on streaming platforms, maybe not all the early seven inches and demos, but <sighs> I think most. Stuff. Okay, all right, all right. This is honestly, this is not themjeansmovies.com. We better go ahead and buy that. 
because I don't I don't want to lose out on the domain. But this is a g- look. If whoever wants to fund it, I will let them take a crack at naming it. If you, that's sort of just a working title. Yeah, but we should. If I you mean, can do better. Yeah, oh, good luck. Knock yourself out. But this is good, a good luck. It, we both win. You this know is what I mean? this is a good idea. Honestly, I think people because I think scoring a movie is probably very hard to to understand because you. I think normally you would sit with the director right. to understand where the music should be, but in this case, you're just kind of left to your own devices, so it could get extra wild and crazy you know you could hear oh yeah, yeah you yeah. could hear a morning again kind of breakdown during a romantic scene because that's how you imagine well, it. you gotta you gotta stop referencing hardcore bands that 11 people no but that's what i know that's about what, that's the only fun way to do this otherwise you're just a nerd it's i mean this this them jeans movies.com just like <laughs> podcasting in general <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, it's sort of built. The nerdum is built into it. Like no, that's, you're right. You're that's right. A, that's a given. We're already you're right. there. You're There's right. There's no such thing as a cool podcaster or a cool user or power user of themjeansmovies.com. That's not true. Don't don't come for call her daddy like that. We do have a guest today, <laughs> uh, a guy I've been following for a long time. You know him as King Tough. His real name is uh, Kyle. Um, so that's probably why he he chose a, a different name. Oh come on, Kyle's a chill name. I'm just joking. Kyle's chill, bro. Uh, his new album, Small Town Stardust, is out on Sub Pop very soon. Um, I've been listening to this since like 2008. Um, he lives he lives in Vermont, like true freak hours, like talks to the trees, I believe, um, which I'm interested in getting to the bottom of. He's crunchy as hell, most likely. His beard is probably wizardly and powerful. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting things to talk about beyond music. Of course, of course. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about music. We, our goal in, of doing this podcast is to get our <laughs> Polaroid on the wall of the Sub Pop store at the airport yeah, in Seattle. Exactly. And this is one step closer. Last time we went in there, they kind of they gave us a look of we we went to your sub pop store at the airport and nobody knew you. They didn't see they didn't rec- they didn't recognize us at the sub pop store at the airport. And hopefully Kyle can help us kind of get on that wall <laughs> next to next to the prepubescent nineteen seventy five Polaroid. Let's give him a zoom. Let's give him a zoom. Hey Jason, we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on. You're eating at restaurants you don't want to eat at all the time to appease myself and others. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to your health, health, there's no compromise. So don't go back to that one doctor who used your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines, their family group chat, their crossword puzzles, just because they're available right now or because they take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors very close to you and instantly book appointments with them online. Just like when I'm looking for new shoes on my sites, you can filter specifically, see which doctors take your insurance located near you maybe find a doctor that's far away from you for personal reasons you don't want to disclose i use zocdoc and you should too go to zocdoc.com how long and download zocdoc for free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's z-o-c-d-o-c dot com slash how long zocdoc.com slash how long how long gone is brought to you by neutrophil as you know you know hair thinning is quite complicated like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead. Give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair. With considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. The best way to learn a language, 
immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way, and that's with Babbel. One in five Americans uh, have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Chris and I are going to the country of Georgia in a month or so, and they have a very unique language, and I will be using Babbel to try and just get a little bit of action so I can know how to order my uh, cold, my cold brew lattes and things like that in a way uh, that's actually science-based. Don't spend hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Use Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons. They're handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new lingo in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash how long. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash how long, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash how long. Rules and restrictions may apply. Babel. Um, first of all, where where are you right now? Because this looks like a homestead, but I feel like you're in a in a remote location. I'm in the remote hills of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so you do live in Glassdale Park then. All right. I was worried. I didn't know how remote it was. Uh, Mount Washington, to be exact. That's too remote for me. Yeah. That's too remote for me. Yeah. It's like the Vermont of LA. Yeah. We were, when we were introducing you, Chris mentioned, did you live in Vermont at one time? That's where I'm from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I moved to LA when I was about 27. I've been here about. 13 years for some reason i thought you like had returned to the motherland you know for a creative spark um i've been going back there a lot and i always kind of do need to go back there occasionally and recharge my uh my gnome energy okay. um <laughs> but uh <laughs> okay what the fuck do you know about gnomes kyle dude what don't i know <laughs> Really? We just learned about this. We just learned about this. Yeah, so we had we did a podcast like a week or two ago with our, our friend Jack Wagner. I don't know. You might know him. He lives over on the east side kind of, but he has a, a podcast called Otherworld, which is sort of about paranormal things and gnomes and big feet and all those things. Nice. And we, we, did, a, we did a good 15, 20 minutes on the world of gnomes. Wow. And it really, I mean, we were laughing, but I know that we also have to respect the gnome because exactly. it can, can control our mind and force us to do their bidding for them, right? They're, they're, they're mischievous as fuck. <laughs> okay, so have, okay. You ever, have you ever kind of prayed it, I, to I, don't, a I think mischievous, mischievous might be a little underselling their powers, you know? Like, <laughs> my puppy is yes. mischievous when puppy eat my sock a little bit. Gnomes are like killing people, right? <laughs> they don't kill. <laughs> well, they don't do the killing themselves, but they use their gnome mind control to make a boulder mm -hmm. on the top of a hill roll down straight into my Rivian pickup. Everyone's dead. <laughs> they're like Charles Manson, kind of. Yeah, they're they're merely a puppet master. But do gnomes? <laughs> do they? Are they? Do they have a stronghold on the Vermont region? How could they not? They're they're around. I've I had a. Uh... <laughs> At least one friend who saw one oh. once. Can you can you tell us, I guess, just like a brief, like your relationship with the world of gnomery, how it's influenced your process, I mean, et cetera, et cetera? As a child, uh, <laughs> I was obsessed with David the Gnome, the cartoon. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it all started. But Give it up to the D-man for starting this whole shit. I think I just have always related to like a chubby guy with a beard okay it's kind of my vibe so even even as a child you had a beard yes <laughs> um you yeah you came out of the womb they didn't say it's a boy they said it's a man they said it's a gnome <laughs> it's um, a weed gnome. does that mean okay he's showing us a gnome tat oh for our listeners at home he's showing us a gnome tat and the gnome is so small <laughs> that he's using a simple mushroom toadstool as kind of a lamp post that he's leaning against <laughs> In a casual way. I'm asking myself, who does this gnome think he is? Gnomes loiter too. And I'm big into loitering. <laughs> and that gnome is loitering. So you're saying that you, you relate to gnomes on a lot of levels, but one level is that they just like to kind of chill in places maybe they're not supposed to. Yeah, they just... They just loiter, wait for their friends to show up. You know okay. what? What the fuck are we doing, buds? Okay, what's sure. the di what's the difference between a gnome and just a, a troubled teenager? Because there's, it seems like they're kind of the same person. 
<laughs> they just hang out in front of a Little Caesars and wait for their shitty friends to show up. That's basically what. That's basically the vibe. Okay, and that's something that you feel that you identify with personally as well. Oh yeah, I mean, my entire teenage life was spent hanging in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I can relate. Yeah, you know, getting into fights or getting into bong rips. Uh, more on the bong side. <laughs> I'm glad I was sitting down. Were you doing some? Were you doing some skateboarding? Uh, I, I watch the skaters. <laughs> I can't. I cannot jump to save my life. I can jump like one inch. What we call you in the industry is a ramp tramp. Then, if you're just <laughs> hanging around, or a pro waiting to some yeah, a pro waiting to get some skater dick at the Seven Eleven in Vermont. That's yeah. a whole different ball game, bro. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know how committed you were. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe one of them will crash, and then you can take care of them. <laughs> I'm a skater, a skater, and nurse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah a skater, um, nurse. You, you're sitting in the parking lot, and you're thinking to yourself, you know, what? I, I could fix him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was, you know, I was just a punk. Yeah, uh, you know, I could ride around, I could roll around on it, and uh, you know, I was mostly about the. Uh, the fashion of it all. Oh, really? The the fashion of skateboarding. You're saying you how many crass how many crass <laughs> butt flap <laughs> no, patches the, did you have? I had a a crass shirt that is basically just a hole now. <laughs> um, it's just a hole. <laughs> it's a hole. It's a black. You can't you can't see it with the naked eye. Yeah, it just became a, a hole at one point. And then I was just like, I'm wearing a hole, not a shirt. I mean, if if your crass shirt doesn't look like that, then you're a, a poser and a loser i'm assuming right definitely but i also i did have some butt flaps in my time <laughs> i don't know if people really know about that you should yeah, explain i, I think you i think we explain. should explain to our listeners at home who might not be familiar with the butt flap so you know the, the certain sect of like street punk i would call it uh you know like the casualties and like the the british bands of the seven late 70s it's a, it's, it's a kind of the the snottier bunch of the, the real like punks. punk punk looking this ain't this ain't your this ain't your like hot topic little bullshit this is for the real heads this is the real shit these are the type of people that that think you're a pussy if you wipe your ass after you take a shit that's how dedicated yes. they are so related to the ass the, there is a <laughs> a lot of part of the fashion is to have a, a flap that comes down over your ass. I don't know who started it or why. It kind of looks like some people call it a kilt flap or like kind of looks kilt like. I, I have a theory. Th I have a theory that it's kind of the precursor to the double knee trend, where it's giving the seat, which is getting a lot of action, protection, so the pants last longer. Well, it's, it's kind of where my head goes. So yeah, it's like kind of a loitering device. <laughs> sure, yes, yes. It because it, It's a built-in yoga mat that you travel around with, strapped to your... But your yeah. I have a question, though, because I've... I've um, I was never that punk, uh, so I always just wore regular pants. <laughs> but um, if... if How does the flap attach to the pants? Oh, that's a great question. I would just sew it on with dental floss, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Like so, you were stitching okay. one of your wounds. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me that okay you're telling me that you're like 14 and you you have a pair of what kind of pants are they what kind of punk pants are they like what's the brand do you know well back then back then in the 90s you could not get tight pants for yeah, guys yeah. yeah it was beyond um, baggy. so you had to you had to make them so i would just you know turn the pants i would just get black jeans that would be huge and then i would turn them inside out put them on inside out kind of cinch the the legs with uh pins and then sew that up okay tim gun really tight <laughs> and then uh then you would Make have to work. put zippers on the bottom of the pants to get your feet through okay so hold on you're saying these were these are so tight around your prepubescent calves <laughs> that you had to you had to add a ykk zipper to the yeah. bottom so that you could get your dog okay. through there yeah. so you were basically running an atelier wow. over we're there talking tight it's very vivian westwood so i was going to say yeah. you you get the butt flap which is kind of like a mud flap on the back of a truck tire maybe and you would use that to display mm -hmm. certain markings, <laughs> favorite bands that you like, yeah. upside down yeah. American flag, yeah. guy punching a swastika, mm -hmm. all the normal good stuff. Maybe food not bombs, holding a bushel of, of vegetables. Course, oh, a classic. Oh, yeah. But classic. then you were saying like, oh, I just sew it into my pants. And yeah. I, in my mind, at first, I was like, oh, well, like 
what do you what do you do if you want to wear the butt flap with a, with a different pair of pants? Maybe you have to go to church. There's on Sunday. no other pants, and that's what I realized. There's <laughs> yeah. What do you mean other pants? There's only one pants. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Crust punk. There's only one pants. I have to say that the crust punk community is. Um, yeah, this is sewing isn't an easy skill to learn. I, I just want to point that out. Like a lot of people don't know how to sew, but this was done out of necessity because, like you said, you <laughs> couldn't find pants that were tight enough. So you're a mother mm-hmm. of invention, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, you know, Krusty Kyle doesn't want to sew. Krusty Kyle has to sew. Yeah, no choice. I quite like I I quite like sewing though. Can you still sew? If I, if I can I were fucking to- sew the fuck out of something. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's just like riding so, a bike, Chris. So what we didn't we skipped over, but what patches were on the butt flap? Void, food not bombs. What are we uh, looking at? I definitely had an os rotten butt flap. Okay, okay, classic butt Ooh, flap. Damn, that slipped my mind. I nice. also, I also had a front flap, <laughs> which is sometimes uh, smaller. Bro, and I had a what? The I f- had a filth, a filth front flap. Okay. Filth, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Kind so, of over, also like over a leopard print pattern. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Okay. So you got a leopard print loincloth thing with a filth patch <laughs> yes. on it. Oh, yes. Man. You get this kind of loincloth. It's like sort of you get this sort of assemblage that's sort of half loincloth, <laughs> half uh, kilt. Mm-hmm. So instead of having two pairs of pants, <laughs> you create a front flap and a back <laughs> flap to make sure those areas don't blow out, and you can kind of have this one custom. If they blow out. Fine. Nobody's the wiser. Let me tell you, in my day, I was king of the blowouts. <laughs> okay, Chaz Dean. The entire crotch of my pants would be uh would be would be just patch a patchwork mosaic. Okay, I've heard something about blowouts, so and this blowouts. is a rumor that I can't confirm, but I've heard this. I, I work in the fashion industry. This is something that I'm I'm been made aware of by other experts. That the reason men's crotches oh. frequently blow out is because no matter how much you shake, a minuscule amount of urine, which is which is acidic, hits mm-hmm. the denim, or in this case, whatever these pants were made of. I'm sure they weren't of a high quality, and then it will kind of burn through, and that's why women don't get blowouts. Well, that's disgusting, but it probably is true. <laughs> this this say, it's I think it's kind of the same way that ceviche is made slowly over time. You know? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't. <laughs> Kyle, I didn't. I didn't want to tell you that. I, did, I don't like saying it myself because it is nasty, but it does feel realistic. It doesn't feel that crazy. The science checks out. It's true. No matter how much how much you try, some gets through. So, but but in your situation, the blowouts happen because the ferret that was living inside your pants would sort of <laughs> gnaw at the stitching. Is that safe to say? He had to sleep in there when they were on the train going to Boise. The ferret. <laughs> Bro, don't act like you didn't own a ferret. I, I, I had a mouse. I had a really fat mouse. And the, the mouse's name was uh, Matzo Ball. It was so fat. And uh, eventually a dog, a, there was like a, a contractor working on my house and his dog came in and just fucking chomped the motherfucker. Oh, no. Oh, God. Someone's not getting a tip. Isn't it cool that you went from being a guy who owned a mouse <laughs> and now you are a successful per adult functioning member of society? Isn't that cool? That is pretty cool. But I, you know, I have a, a one of my recent music videos, I have a rat in it. So, you know, nothing's really changed. Except now you got a rat call, crawling all over stacks of money. But right? it was a Hollywood rat that we had to rent for like <laughs> yeah, you had to pay. $12,000 yeah, $1, a day. Uh, who's the, the rat manager? We got to get the rat out of here. He's, he's kind of going over time. Uh, he's only got, <laughs> we, only, we only budgeted two hours for the rat. <laughs> you know, so when I was, was the vibe. When I was in my um, interesting dressing phase, some might say I'm in it now, but when I was younger and I was into hardcore, our clothes were very big. You know, the pants were big. Jinkos. were big. Exactly. And I would tell my parents, like, I would get in these fights with my parents, like, I'll always dress like this. You guys are fucking crazy. I look cool. I'm going to always look like this. Obviously, we don't look like this now. My question to you is, what was the moment of transition where you were like, you know what? These pants are a little too tight. The the flaps are a little too wounded. Maybe it's time for me to move on to a new look. Kyle, when did you transition? (laughs) I, uh, you know, I definitely went through a lot of phases, like the, the street punk sort of shifted into more crust punk, which then shifted into more <laughs> sort of like a hardcore look, but then kind of I got more into the Smiths. Mm-hmm. 
and then Classic. more into you know other shit and then i went full psychedelic freak folk mm-hmm. okay now this is is this is this the dawn of king tough when you went full or is this before no dawn of king tough was was when i was still like in the smith's phase okay. so king tough happened early and then i kind of put it aside for a while and became freak folk <laughs> then i went back to the king Tough. okay so the, the okay the when you transition into the freak folk is that sort of like like actual folky kind of vibe like what what, what was some music? it was like a in, incredible string band and like a fairport convention and like ren rock i don't know about this at okay all. ren rock i believe and i'm just taking this from context clues that's renaissance fair rock is that what you mean yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> uh i jason just to be clear just for all the listeners i also thank god i'm not aware of this genre of music <laughs> okay, okay but, but kyle <laughs> kyle if you would like to bless us with some kind ren, of okay who yeah identifying factors of like what what makes a ren rock band so i think like the kings of uh, the kings and queens of ren rock <laughs> are uh fairport convention <laughs> Uh, led by Sandy Sandy Denny, who's one of the greatest uh-huh. singers of all time. Oh, okay, okay. I'm I'm familiar with Sandy Denny, the name. She sings on like uh okay. Led Zeppelin song, like mm-hmm. the Battle of Evermore. That's Sandy Denny. What a kick ass band name, I gotta say. Fairport Convention. Yeah. Oh man. Nobody on flute. I don't know. You got a motherfucker on flute. There's not much flute in their their shit, okay. but um you know the the main thing is that their music is inspired by a lot of traditional kind of Irish and and British uh, traditional oh, okay, folk music. Okay, okay. But then they put the fucking rock and beat on it. You know, so they go Bonham style on the drums, but then they keep it a little picky when it comes to the stringed Ooh. instruments. Yeah, yeah, and just like the songs are about like you know like. A fucking king killing some dude that's sleeping with his wife. Okay, so the lyrical <laughs> the lyrical themes also give kind of a different era. Let's yes. say paving the yes. way for maybe a bolt thrower, perhaps. <laughs> I only know about bolt thrower, the metal band. What what is a bolt thrower? No, that's what I was talking about. Oh, okay. Like that type of sort of fantasy. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Lyrical yes. con, you know what I mean? Yes. What about now? What about this hooked you in? Are you into the lyrical content, or the music just spoke to you? I mean. You ever jack off to elf porn? <laughs> Hell yeah. I, <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. I mean, uh, the you know, where I'm from, there's a lot of folk music and like bluegrass yeah. and traditional type of music. So <clears throat> I grew up with that around a lot. So I am inspired by that kind of music. So it just, you know. Okay. It just clicked for you. No, that makes yeah. sense. That ma- there definitely is Ren Fairs that happen. Uh, in vermont a lot too also now is that okay. something you would like take a chick on a date to when you're younger or like your parents would take you i was never like the guy that was like actually dressing up being like hey there sir would you like a <laughs> <of> a grog <laughs> whatever but uh i was always kind of a you know observer okay sure but i you know i i attended i can't say that i, I believe i was forced to go to a renaissance fair as, as a school trip once um, but I didn't go, I didn't go by choice, but the the only reason people went and nowadays I'm sure this is even more popular. Thanks to the advent of the Apple iPhone is to get the picture of the Turkey yeah. leg being <laughs> yeah. eaten. And what, you know, so I'm sure, I mean, those are not turkeys. Let's be honest. What? At Disneyland, those Turkey, that cannot be from a Turkey. It's too big. <laughs> what, what, what else would it be from? Gotta be emu or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first we're blowing the doors wide <laughs> off because so a lot of people say a lot of things about the walt disney corporation but this is the first time i've heard they're serving <laughs> emu down there at, in that's Orlando. what i heard that's what i heard i gotta say emu has to cost more money than turkey but yeah that is the one thing do you like eating the turkey leg, Kyle? No, it's disturbing. It's like the meat is like red. I thought it yeah. was cool to eat raw meat. You know, like that's what all the you order a steak and you're like, pink. I want it pink. Yeah. Not when it comes to emu. Okay. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. It's a different. It's kind yeah. of a different consistency. The whole thing. I'm sure it's different. Yeah. Especially yeah. if it's farm farm raised emu. Ugh. Oh, God. Is your, I hope that emu is grass fucking fed. I tell you what. Um, Kyle, what do you. So. I just didn't really take you as an LA guy. I'm a little, I'm a little taken aback that we haven't like run into you somewhere because I couldn't. Obviously, you have a signature look that I would remember. 
Kyle, why hasn't Chris seen you at the West Hollywood Erewhon? <laughs> yeah, why aren't it's you? It's so the... strange that you're not there. I fuck with that. <laughs> you don't go to Equinox in Glendale. I'm just so confused. I certainly don't go to Equinox, but <laughs> I would fuck with an Erewhon any day. Okay. okay, okay. I just now are you so you live up? Do you live in a remote? Like, are you surrounded by other homes? Or do you have a lot of land? <laughs> I am a a little set back from the road, but uh, you know, there's you can only get so uh, so much acreage up there. Yeah. Well, who is he? Eric Warheim? <laughs> Take it easy, Chris. Until this, until this new album comes out and you kind of are able to relocate to Calabasas where you belong, I guess this will do. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Kyle, I was, I was realizing that the L.A. part as well because uh, some of the lyrics in, in your uh, new single mentioned calling in to Coast to Coast. Are you talking about the radio show? Yeah. And yeah. for some reason, that just reminds me of driving around like the Inland Empire. Really? When I listen to Coast to Coast, it's like on tour in the middle of the night in like Kansas. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, obviously <laughs> nationally syndicated, but we all have our own Kansas, I guess. Yeah. Can you guys yeah. tell me what Coast to Coast is? I don't know what it is. It's like a, a, I guess it's a supernatural sort of themed radio show that has been on for years and years. Like nationally syndicated AM radio show where people okay, call okay. in and it's and it's just like where it's the radio station where all the freaks in America call in and tell, you know, a story about how a gnome had sex with them or something like that. You know? <laughs> it's kinda like this, kinda like this show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so is there there's a lot no, of similarities. There's no music. It's just like a classic call in. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. And then they have like experts that come on and it's it's a, it's like a weird kind of comforting folky kind of thing that happens I don't, but i think the guy died recently right yeah there's a different host now damn you should have you should have tried to get that job i feel like you have a lot of downtime i think i could do it <laughs> <laughs> i've thought about uh becoming a, a ham you know uh, you mean like a, a go ha- on a ham radio guy or you- yeah oh i thought you meant a ham like a funny jokester <laughs> Already, uh, I'm already that kind. You're of, already there. I'm already there. I'm actually kind of shocked that you're not a ham radio enthusiast. Did you did you ever get into any like anarchist cookbook type of activity as a teen? You know, like that was the thing to do, but it's too much. That's too much reading. <laughs> but, uh, the one problem with the anarchist cookbook it has the word book in it, right? Well, these, Fucking, these motherfuckers yeah. want me to learn how to blow stuff up. Like what? I thought I could just put the stuff in the bottle and throw it. This is crazy. It would be a lot easier if there was a YouTube I could watch instead of reading yeah, yeah. the whole book. Um, but no, you know, I, I have a dream of being one of them ham guys who's just got like a garage full of weird stuff. And he's got like the little like just uh, machines and antennas and whatnot. <laughs> All right, we were we were talking a little bit earlier before we started recording, but we uh, I wanted to talk about Rick Rubin. You familiar with him? Sure, sure. I feel like you guys might have some similarities, both in some ways. Bearded Jews. Good point. I feel like Kyle. I feel like Kyle might know how to use a mixing board. I don't. I'm not sure, but I feel like he probably knows. Yeah, yeah. So there's there, there's there's been a lot of not a lot, but there's been some press of, and interviews of him lately where people are sort of being like. Or they're they're asking Rick like so you notoriously don't know how to use any musical equipment you have no formal musical training you don't know how to use a mixing board or anything like that but you're just there with the vibes and then you drop the sage advice I'm starting to think that it's a, he's sort of becoming like the Bernie Madoff of sick ass beats like he's sort of he's like fleecing all of these people because his music doesn't necessarily like the stuff he produces is not like number one albums or anything do not talk about the red hot chili peppers in front of kyle like that you know that's his favorite band (laughs) that's a great example he he made he he produced the new red hot chili peppers album which not a single person listened to right (laughs) did he do the new ones i think yeah 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 i'm almost positive i think so yeah Um, i think so i do love the chai peps (laughs) do you Oh yeah. Okay. Well, after after you entered, I guess oh, yeah. after you inter- introduce us to Ren Rock, we shouldn't be surprised by your wide ranging yeah. taste. Yeah. yeah. Do you, do you do you do you guys think that Rick Rubin is is actually doing something or like bringing something to the table or is it all just fluff? I think he is. I think he is. Like I I, I hear you know I hear the argument that he's just like just sitting there, but 
he's been involved with a lot of really good records. Have you listened to Danzig's first record? Have you listened to Slayer? No, of course. All of that stuff, you know, the American stuff back in the day, but that's also 30 years old, you know? Right. But, I mean, Yeezus. Oh, a, a classic. No, I agree that <laughs> I think that Rick Rubin, I mean, look, as a known vibes guy myself, I have to respect what he's doing, but I also think that musicians are such, and no, take no offense, Kyle, um, like little insecure babies that sometimes if a guy is just there making you feel good, that's going to get the genius out of you. And that, that is requires uh, more effort. and might be more important than a guy who can twiddle the knobs. That's what an engineer is for. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways to be a producer. There's so many, you know, there's not one definition of that job. And yeah. that is certainly, you know, necessary sometimes for certain artists. Like, you do need like a vibe person around. Yeah. It can really change things. Yeah, Frank mm-hmm. Ocean comes to Malibu and his his car isn't starting. It throws off the whole vibe and Rick can kind of get him in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he's like, "Bro, I'm I'm just saying he's kind of like he's sort of on a little bit of an award tour sure. where he's doing talk shows and interviews and he's just kind of like yeah, man, I ain't doing shit. Yeah, yeah. I fucking sure. love it. it. It reminds me that I, w- I was just watching an episode of 30 Rock and and uh, Tracy Jordan, The he he's basically like his career is in the shitter because people uh, think that he's a good person. They respect him because he won an Oscar for a movie and he hates it and he goes on a, a talk show tour and tries to be the worst person of all time, admits like I am making all this shit up, it's all bullshit. And the hosts love him even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm seeing some similarities with with Rick, Richard Rubin right now. Yeah, I mean, he does seem to be. I've heard some sketchy shit oh. about old Rick, but uh, you know, <laughs> pickle Rick to each their own. Sure. I think there's also the way it works in in production, and we've talked about this a lot on the show. Is that once you are the person that people go to, you're just the person people go to. It's like it doesn't even really matter if you're doing mm-hmm. it. If a label wants your name on the record, they're going to pay you no matter what the fuck you're doing in there. It doesn't really matter. But how many how many unsuccessful albums that you had to pay Rick Rubin however many millions of dollars to produce have to happen before someone's like, eh, I don't know. Ask, 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 Jack, ask Jack Antonoff, Jason. Don't ask me. <laughs> 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 don't ask me fair point fair question yeah i mean i just think that also he's offering such a nice you know look man if it, like the studio alone sounds pretty good to me i mean just being down there when i good point. Yeah. when i um when i interviewed dave gahan and he was talking about doing re- records there it sounds pretty amazing because they work like a it's like a nine to five yeah they're like yeah we wake up at the hotel we have breakfast we go over there we finish around six you know and then we're back to the it's all good, man. Yeah. I think the pace is nice. What he's offering is nice, regardless of the service that's being offered. Mm-hmm. You know okay. what? I you know I'm I don't I don't really talk. I don't like to talk shit on people that are making things. Mm. That, that must be nice. <laughs> I you know I I just uh, if people are making music and and uh, being creative, I I'm into that. It's so much better than uh yeah. just being a fucking shit bird. Mm-hmm. You know doing. Doing some shit job. That's a, that's a good point, and and we call we call that shit that. job podcasting. And I would like you to kind of ah. say it with your chest. <laughs> no. Say it with your chest next time, Kyle. I I agree with that, Kyle. I, I've I I I often catch myself criticizing people who are creating, and I know that everyone creates in their own way and expresses themselves in their own way. I guess my argument is I will I will feel sympathy for Rick Rubin once he actually creates something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do I do want I mean, we all want Rick's solo album. We want to hear that. I would love to hear that. Just him in a in a cooster. <laughs> I would love to hear him like playing like a child's first lesson on the acoustic. Smoke on the water on his on his telecaster. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, let's let's switch it up. Let's <laughs> let's change gears over here, Kyle. Uh, I, w- I would say you seem like a kind of much much like Rick Rubin. You seem like a guy who has a pretty stable mood. What uh, what do you do to help out when when your mood kind of goes unstable and you go off the off the rails a little bit? Um, and you can't say drugs. Uh, orange juice. Please please elaborate. I, I kind of do the same. Actually. There comes a point. At every every night 
around eight o'clock where my thirst and my mood become unquenchable. <laughs> the the only the only thing that can cure it is incredible orange juice. It oh. can't be it can't be shit orange juice. Sure. It's gotta be Love this. It's gotta be the good shit. Maybe this is the I I could not expect a better answer to that question. Okay. Typically, orange juice is a morning beverage, right, Chris? That's what I was going to say. I think that there's, I couldn't have orange juice at night. I think it would throw off my equilibrium. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like I need, like, my mouth just gets, like, it just wants, like, tart mm-hmm. freshness that only an orange can provide. <laughs> All you desire is a perfectly balanced beverage, right? Is that so much to ask? Yes. Yeah, so- okay, so I'm, I'm the same way. All through my childhood, if I did not have orange juice in the morning, I got super grumpy, just like you know, like a truck driver without his big gulp of coffee, and it really did affect my mood a lot. But um, nowadays, I, I sort of like it as a treat every once in a while. I don't drink it every day, especially not at night. But I really like that you mentioned it has to be of a high quality because there's nothing worse than a limp mm-hmm. dick, terrible orange juice. It's it's oh. truly awful. So. Where are you getting your orange juice? How much money are you spending on OJ every month? Walk me through your game plan. Are you squeezing yourself? Sometimes I squeeze myself. <laughs> the, the, For how long? I've got no. Listen, I got oranges in the yard occasionally. They come, they pop out. Oh, it's like Christmas, isn't it? No, you know Whole Foods. They they have a uh, fresh squeezed. Yeah. Uh, at the Pasadena Whole Foods there. How much is that hitting for? Which I'm going to go ahead and say is the best Whole Foods. Pasadena Whole Foods. Have you been to Studio City? Or, sorry, have you been to Burbank? Uh, I think I have been to the Burbank. I, I don't I don't like any Whole Foods that you have to park in a structure. I want a lot. Okay. Well, maybe Pasadena is not for you. Once you get a structure, it all changes. Uh, well, I, I don't I don't love the structure. What can, I mean, I have to go to the one in West Hollywood, which is an absolute shit show, but it does have a parking lot. Okay, you go to, Pas- you go to Pasadena, you get the fresh squeeze, which is... I'm assuming quite expensive, right? Oh, yeah. It's probably like $15. So you get the big... Oh, so mm-hmm. you don't buy the single use and kind of meter it out. You buy the big dog. Oh, of course. <laughs> I need a lot of juice. <laughs> yeah, he he's not buying grams of weed, bro. He's getting QPs. Yeah, and he's let me tell not. you, once I start chugging that, I don't stop. Yeah, Kyle, this is ex- this is something I think about all the time. Orange juice is the one beverage of my entire life, childhood into adulthood, where once that flow, you open up your throat um, after you're done squeezing <laughs> yourself, you open up that throat, and it just keeps going. You never want it to end, and you could easily drink $15 worth of orange juice in one slurp, right? Yes. Are you a coffee guy? Of course. Have you ever mixed the two? Sometimes I, you know, I am drinking both at the same time. Yes, I have a cup of each. But I never mix them together in one cup. No, although sure. sound sounds extri- sounds intriguing. It sounds nasty, but also intriguing. <laughs> I would give it a try, like when you're halfway through, when you're doing your co- your your coffee and OJ sidecar. When you're about halfway done with both of them, mix them together. See what happens to you. Okay. I like this. See if it awakens any demons or spirits. Well, you've seen the you've seen the recent Pepsi and milk, you know, thing that's going on the pilk. Actually, speaking of milks, Kyle, what's your uh, what's your go to milk? Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of deep in the oat zone. Oh, interesting <laughs> choice, Kyle. Uh, you know, okay, so yesterday, um, in uh, beautiful Manhattan, I went into an unnamed coffee shop that's a large chain, but not Starbucks or Blue Bottle, and it ends with town. <laughs> and um, I moseyed up. I moseyed up to the counter because it was the it was closest to where we we're going. I was like, and they have a sign posted that they've now changed things where oat is the default milk. Mm. Now this is a theory, but it seems like they could be in the pocket of big oat. <laughs> this seems like a, a, mm-hmm. a, a kind of below the line deal mm. and under the table. I smell foul play. I smell foul play. Mm. I, it doesn't seem real to me. So Kyle, you don't you don't mind uh, putting all those poisonous seed oils inside of your your beautiful body? Is it poison? I don't know about this part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know about this part. <laughs> a, a common a common argument about about oat milk is that it's it's kind of just there's a lot of oils and and artificial products and stabilizers in there. I fucking love oils. <laughs> <laughs> 
What? Are you kidding me? Damn, that's so. You you just defeated the whole argument in one beautiful <laughs> sentence. <laughs> like, no, actually, I'm fine. I fucking love oils. I fucking love oils, dude. Yeah. How do you how do you rebut that? You can't. <laughs> that's beautiful. I do feel like uh, oat uh, imparts the least flavor into whatever. Okay. Into the coffee. Okay. I was always, I mean, the seed oil argument is is popping, but I also was under the impression that it was caloric. That's what I've always been told. Mm. Uh, I also love calories. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So this is really the perfect thing for you. It really hits all the notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is amazing. I feel like you have, um, you have a lot of kind of life lessons, philosophies, mindsets, outlooks that people need to absorb to enjoy their life a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, everyone's trying to look young and skinny. I think it's time to look old and fat. Or just not not be afraid of that. Have you thought this your whole life? Yeah. Or just when you got old and fat? I've just I've just always been old and fat. <laughs> <laughs> we grew here. You grew here. We flew here. Okay, yeah. so you started kind of young on this old and fat thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have my moments, but I've uh I've uh I've accepted that I am Santa. I think you might be <laughs> on to something. You seem pretty comfortable in your in your own skin, which is always a highly attractive quality. Um, you know? When you when you say you have your moments, what what is what is something that you're still kind of struggling with that you'd like to improve more in your life? Um and and it can't be a switch game. I mean, the only game I play is Breath of the Wild. That that literally sounds like a Renfair band. It is. <laughs> that is going to be the name of my rent fair band. It also, it also sounds like a very expensive dog food. <laughs> I mean, it should be. So what do you, what do you want to what do you want to improve, Kyle? I mean, nothing. I'm perfect. Okay, we're going to have to talk to our therapist about that. <laughs> no, I've had love handles my whole life. You know, <laughs> and. You came out of the womb with a beard and love handles. Yeah, well, we don't mean just physical attributes. What about on the inside? Oh, on the inside, I mean, I am incredibly lazy. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean? You you put out a record every five six years? That's you know that's not, <laughs> that's not so bad. <laughs> but it's it's one thing to be lazy, and it's another thing to really hate that about yourself and want to change it. I feel like you're okay with being lazy or you've made peace with it. You're right. You're right. I'm real. I am okay with it. <laughs> but what do you mean by, what do you mean by lazy? Like you putter around the, the house all day or you can't make decisions. I on... don't even putter. I don't even. <laughs> I'd love to putter Jerry. You just sit. I just fucking sit and stare sometimes. <laughs> and by sometimes, I mean most of the day. Are we staring at the at the flat screen? Are we staring at the MacBook Pro? Or are we just staring at the wall? Sometimes just wall. Sometimes squirrel. Okay. <laughs> okay, well sometimes a squirrel. I mean the thing the thing about that is, you know, there's a there's a line of thinking that I agree with that that creative people need to just sit and and be with their thoughts you know yeah that's um, my that's my excuse whenever anyone <laughs> asks me what i'm doing you're like yeah what you said that's it yeah I, I had a feeling that might that might work for you but is this something that is there anyone in your life pushing you like a manager is there anybody that's like bro we got to get this shit done and do you resist that or do you just tell them to um leave you alone do you have a nasty ass wife or girlfriend <laughs> that's always ragging on you um you know just a raggedy bitch there's been a there's been people in my life that uh, have, they're, have tried. They're no, longer, they're no longer in your life. They've tried. tried. <laughs> They've tried. You can try, motherfucker. You can try. I'm just doing my thing. Okay. So are, is that is that is that safe to say you're more of a downers guy than an uppers guy as it pertains to drug use? I mean, I've never done any drugs aside from weed and shrooms. Yeah. Basically. Checks out. I do, you know... I'll smoke weed and get fucking crazy. <laughs> okay. What, okay. Okay. So please elaborate. So yeah. What do you mean by crazy? Mostly exactly within my head. Okay. So, I don't okay. do anything. <laughs> okay. But I, I will fucking pace the house like you've never seen. Oh, really? So I go from not, not, uh, what'd you say? Put puttering. Utter. Um, I go from barely a putter to a full blown pace. Okay. And then, and then these, so while you're, pacing around your house feverishly after you hit the the one hitter one too many times in your brain are you like figuring out complex mathematical problems are you worried about the future are you 
dwelling on the past? Like what, what, how, how exactly are you going crazy? All of it at once. <laughs> and then I start, uh, the you know, yes. checking the locks on the doors and the, uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, stove, you know? Okay. Wow. Okay. Making sure the stove's not on. Classic stuff. Okay. So some OCD, bes- yeah, yeah. Uh, OCD paranoia kind of stuff. Yeah. And is this fun. Is this something that you enjoy? Is what I was going to ask. You like it? Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> okay, this is. I think. I think that kind of unlocks the the problem that so many people have with drugs and specifically marijuana. Is just like, oh, I get weird and I go to like that place and it's scary and I never want it to happen again. And I think people who enjoy it are just like, yeah, sometimes that's going to happen. You can make fun out of it. It can turn into something good, an obstacle to overcome, whatever it is. Like. Sometimes you got to enjoy that hell that you're in mentally. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. I do like, uh, I mean, I go through long periods of not, of being totally not doing anything, but then I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to eat a gummy and lose my mind. And I think that I'm weirdly get addicted to that terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, so most people, most people are doing drugs cause it feels good. And you're like, it feels bad. And I like it. <laughs> 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 so yeah. so you want to so like you're in your own movie you eat what what's the milligrams on this edible 10 probably man i gotta say based on your music i would think you'd have a higher dosage but that's beside the point <laughs> you know i can smoke weed endlessly and nothing happens mm-hmm. but the edible goes right to the source so you eat the gummy and then you're like all right all right you son of a bitch let's see how you get out of this one it's kind of like a Chris Angel mind freak situation. Yes, yes. You are the mind freak. Do you have uh, Do you have any pets up there? None that live in the house. <laughs> I did have some raccoons that I was feeding a lot, and they got incredibly <laughs> fat, and then one became rabid. Okay, <laughs> like literally became rabid. Yeah. Okay. What What were you feeding these raccoons so much, Kyle? I mean, they were eating my compost. Okay, but I. I uh, eventually just gave up on trying to keep them out of it. So you're saying the raccoons were, like most people kind of consider them pests that were fucking with your compost. Um, congratulations on composting, by the way. That's great. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then you just gave up and they became sort of pet-like to you because you were feeding them. So they kept coming back. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, you know, they're... They're cute as hell. Yeah, they're cute, but they're toxic. <laughs> they're insane, dude. <laughs> and so then one one time, I look out the window in the morning, and this guy is up there in the damn tree, a raccoon. Mm-hmm. He's acting real weird, licking his paws. He's sitting up on top of a tree, and there was a crow in the in the tree adjacent to him. The crow was just screaming at him like, bro, what are you doing up there in the middle of the day? The crow knew something was wrong, and sure. eventually the, the raccoon jumped down from the tree and charged at my brother, who luckily escaped <laughs> who luckily escaped into his studio. So like a literal rabid attack. And then two days later the, the guy was just stiff as a board in the yard. Now Damn. how close did you get with RIP to a real one? Did you yeah, did you name him or anything? Or was it just Um I think that one's name was uh Chauncey, I think that was Chauncey. So you, you named both of the. You you had two. You say? Oh, there was a lot of them. This seems this seems bad. You're not supposed to. I, I'm I'm like worried about you up there a little bit. That seems like it could really. Well, I don't want you. I don't want to lose you. I think you have a lot left to give, and I don't want to. I don't want you to have to lose a leg or something because you get attacked by a, a raccoon. Yeah, you're probably right. You got any guns up there? Uh, no. Next question. <laughs> Because I don't believe you, but I also... I, I got a saxophone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can play it, but I, a saxophone played wrong could scare away rabid animals. That's for sure. I play every year at New Year's. I get out on the porch and I play Old Lang Syne on the saxophone, but it's really not uh, well done. So you can or can't play the saxophone? That's debatable. I think you could play it all right, okay. but after... I can uh, make notes come out, but they're not necessarily in the right order. After you've been tying one on on a New Year's Eve, you're probably not going to have the best chops at the moment. Yeah, uh, that's that seems like a good New Year's Eve tradition. Go out on the porch. I mean, I like to imagine you just wearing 
your underpants only maybe and just blasting on that saxophone yeah you know you gotta have traditions sure i'll be really clear i cannot play the saxophone (laughs) (laughs) but you but you own you own one because you're a professional musician and somebody like left it i had big i had big dreams oh okay (laughs) so you like a child you bought this like i'm gonna learn it and then you lost interest yeah uh let me be clear i uh cannot play the saxophone (laughs) (laughs) what Has that, has that happened with any other instruments in your career where you've like, you know what, this glockenspiel is going to be my bitch, and then it kind of sits in the corner? No, I fucking, I fucking own a glockenspiel. <laughs> I own one, and I own it. Nobody's surprised at this information, I'm assuming. I can slay a glockenspiel. Are you getting called into sessions to like be the kind of <laughs> ringer on the glock? You're the glock boy. I w- Glock is kind of my first instrument, actually. Yeah, me too. That's also, yeah. 21. That's also that's surprising, but also not surprising, I guess. It just seems like a very underappreciated and underrepresented instrument. Yeah, it hasn't had many moments. Probably its biggest moment is like Sunday Morning by Velvet Underground. Mm. That's pretty, I mean, that's that's cool, but it's not big enough. I, I know what you mean. It's yeah. not. That's not blasting out of every car and home in America. <laughs> <laughs> Great tune, though. It will be someday. Yeah, it's no Sunday morning by no doubt, but it's a pretty good one. I'm not sure I know uh, no doubt. What Sunday morning? Come on, bro. In my in my humble opinion, it's Tragic Kingdom's best song. Me, I must. You want to talk about drum fills? I must know it. But what about fucking spiderwebs? Is that on? Is that not on Tragic Kingdom? It is on there. I you know. You're saying it's better than spiderwebs? I'm saying spiderwebs is for boys. Sunday morning is for men. Okay. <laughs> you know, Kyle, I know you've never listened to the show before, but you know, when when the world zigs, Jason likes to zag. You know, he's a real contrarian. I'm getting that feel. I'm getting that feeling. And and you know I do what? things a little differently around I here, like it. Money. I like well, you it. seem of this you, you seem of the same cut <laughs> from the same that. cloth a little bit. You know, you kind of do your own thing. I guess so. I'm not really trying to, but it just sort of happens that way. Well, not all of us some of us are natural born freaks, and thank God that you you have music. To kind of keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, it's true. Where would you Where would you be? You'd be out there laying around with raccoons. You know, when I was young, I had this great idea that I wanted to have this sort of business that was a combination massage slash dessert okay. uh, <laughs> business. Okay. I was a young romantic. Okay. Okay. What kind of massage and what kind of dessert? Um, I don't think I ever got that far with the. The thinking of it you probably were more thinking about the desserts than the you, you were too young to understand the different disciplines of massage thai swedish etc yeah you were more focused on massage feel good me like ice cream sunday right yeah yeah okay and this is before you even knew what marijuana was yeah and this is probably it was this before you knew what a hand job was his mind oh yes long long before this is this is a <laughs> This is very oh, yes. pure, and I I honestly think this this idea has some legs now. I mean, who wouldn't want to dive into a nice, fresh sorbet after getting an hour and a half shiatsu? Yeah, but if you... Okay, so here's... We have to think about this, Kyle, okay? If you want to know anything about business, you can't just have an idea. You have to execute it. So we're in the massage table, and you're... Your little head's poking through that hole, mm, and then no, you have nice. a little gnome <laughs> yeah, nice. laying on the floor... And he's got that airplane, and the airplane goes into your mouth. Is that kind of what you're envisioning? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. That gnome <laughs> is right. feeding you from underneath the massage table. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, how long? <laughs> how long gone? We make dreams come true. Uh, so this is kind of this is a freebie. You know, this is a thank you for for you doing our show. We want to leave you with some kind of business advice. Gnome Spa. Gnome Spa. You've heard gnome of spa. you've heard of Wee Spa. <laughs> Now we've got no spa. And also for the culinary angle, sounds like no ma. Mm. You know, that's gone. Gnome gnome spa. It rolls it rolls right off the tongue. All right. Chris and I are in for ten. We're in we're in for yeah, we're in for ten each. That's twenty total. You're probably gonna need another hundred and fifty, but you can figure that out. Oh yeah. You got friends in high oh, places. Yeah. You can go back to Vermont and go door to door, you know? I know Ben. I know Jerry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, it's been a pleasure having you on How Long Gone today. Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you for joining us. The hour just flew by with Kyle. Flew on the by. Mic, and I gotta say. Kyle, the album 
Uh, the new album, Small Town Stardust, there's like three or four songs out now, but when does it fully come out? Uh, on the 27th, like in a, a week, week and a half. And then you're, are you hitting the road? I'm not hitting the road till March, but then, yeah, full U.S. tour in March. Smart. Wait for that snow to melt. Okay. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come check you out. We'll come check All you right. out. All um, right. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle, uh, and um, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. God bless. Sunday morning And I'm falling I got a feeling I don't want to know Early dawning Sunday morning It's all the streets you cross so long ago Watch out